Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome in to the Jeff Andrea Show. Thanks so much for being with me here today on Friday. It is June the 12th. On today's show, well, I'm excited about this one here today. So tomorrow marks the one-year anniversary of the first time the Larry O'Brien Trophy made its way out of the United States and it came north to Canada. As many are aware here, probably, I'm a Toronto boy, born in Mississauga, a massive sports fan, and a monster fan of teams from the Six. I love the Leafs. I love the Blue Jays. But there has been no time when I felt as excited to watch a team than I was last year, paying attention to the Raptors. From the shot in Game 7 against Philadelphia, to going down two games to none against Milwaukee in the conference finals before winning four straight to make it to their first NBA Finals. And once they got there, well, they faced a mighty Golden State Warriors team that was looking for a three-peat and their fourth title in five years. I'll be honest, I did not think they had a chance. I didn't believe the Raptors could do it. But once the games got underway, well, it wasn't too hard to realize that, holy smokes, this team had a chance. Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Norm Powell. I'm sure I left someone out. The whole team had individual moments and streaks that ended up culminating with the championship win and one of the biggest parades that I have ever had the chance to witness. I wish I could have been there, although... You know, when you hear some of the stories about being stuck in that crowd, you know, maybe it wasn't quite as fun as it looked. I mean, in the moment, looked fantastic. It was incredible. But I know there were a lot of stories about people being stuck there for uh, many hours on end. And so, of course, you know, there was a great highlight as part of that parade. But there were some low points, I believe, as well. But a great moment in Canadian sports history. And to honor the occasion, well, I threw together a little montage of some of the calls from the final game of the 2019 NBA playoffs. And I'm going to play that here for you now. And boy, do they want to send this arena home with a great performance. This crowd fired up to start. Toronto's actually 3-0 this year in this building. The one time they played in the regular season, they won again. Lowry, again! Kyle Lowry! Lowry! Boy, to get up here in the first two-plus minutes. Murray shot blocked by Kawhi Leonard.
Butler makes it official. Now the Warriors just inbound, and that's it. There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. We the North are now we the champions. The Raptors, the 2019 NBA champs. Man, it gives me chills. I just uh, can't stop thinking about that moment here today. One year ago, tomorrow, I mean, I guess I'm a day early on the celebration here, but can't do it on Saturday. Got to do it on Friday. Kurt Appleby, you're joining me here in studio now. Kurt, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, Jeff. Uh, man, that brings back good memories. Uh, I just, uh, it was probably the most fun I've ever had watching sports in my lifetime, personally. I, I, I don't know where it ranks for you on yours, because I know you're a huge Canucks guy. We had the 2011 run to the finals for the Nucks, and I'm sure that might trump it just because... You know, you're, you're probably a bigger fan of, of the Canucks, but at the same point, it didn't end up in a championship, so it's kind of hard to compare. And you're not in the zone, right? Like, you, like you're not... And, and as big as Vancouver was for the Raptors, um, like, I'll, I left uh, White... I remember leaving a Whitecaps game and going, um, looking, just looking for a place that we could go watch the... Um, watch the Raptors games through through anywhere anytime throughout that run and and you know you ended up on the fringe at some burger chain because that was the only place that you could you could really get a seat um so there was no watch parties and and it's not like the Canucks they were we were in Vancouver and 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 you have that electricity in the air and it wasn't so much there in Vancouver but man could you sure feel it when you walked into a sports bar and I mean I don't know how you felt uh, when you were kind of paying attention to this team as it kind of got closer and closer to the playoffs I mean we saw the roster we saw the addition of Kawhi Leonard in the offseason uh, in, in the 2018 offseason and it looked like you know this team was going to be really good and had the chance to make its first ever NBA finals but then you saw the teams on the other side out in the west coast and you thought if you got to the finals that's kind of a victory in itself and that's how I felt as well you know you, you, you looked at Milwaukee Bucks last year they were the top team in the east and kind of posed the biggest threat to the Raptors and you kind of felt confident that they could get past them, which obviously they did, despite the fact they went down 2-0. They came back and ended up winning that series in six. But once they got to the finals, it kind of felt this juggernaut of a Golden State Warriors team was just going to almost walk all over them. That's kind of how I felt. A lot of people tried to sort of paint the picture that the Raptors really had a good shot. But even when they said it, it still kind of felt a bit far-fetched, like you're just trying to you know, paint a narrative here to make sure more people are tuned in and watching. But man, once the games got underway, you I mean it was clear to see that this Raptors team was not going to die, and they were going to, you know, give it their all and and, and make sure that this wasn't a, a one-sided affair. Yeah, and they they had to get over that notion that they could beat the the, the Golden State Warriors, right? And even though I um, I wasn't as confident as you versus the the Milwaukee Bucks, I thought it would be a good series, and I I thought it would go seven games. Never never got there, and I I just didn't know if the Raptors were going to. Um, potentially beat them out, but I, I did have that feeling over the Golden State Warriors. They weren't, they didn't have that pizzazz. All they had was that sort of intimidation is that we, they were the Golden State Warriors. They're the defending champs. Uh, they are the ones to get the, uh, the job done. The absolutely loaded, loaded roster. And, uh, I mean, it kind of all came together, too. I mean, this is kind of what you look at when you look at a finals run like this is you never know what's going to happen throughout the course of a postseason. you got to get through three rounds to make it to the finals, and so much can happen within those three rounds. Kevin Durant gets injured and is really unable to play. The low point of the finals was watching fans in Toronto cheer when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. Um, you know, within the moment, I sort of also, you know, had a little bit of a, yeah, for a second, and then I was like, well, maybe maybe I don't want to cheer for this moment. It's and not got, the best taste. And you've got that feeling on steroids being in the in the building right like uh, something really 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 good just happened for your team and it came at the cost of an exceptional player 
an exceptional person, um, an NBA all-star, and you don't like to see it. Do would I? Can I say for sure that I wouldn't have been that I would have been cheering? Wouldn't have been cheering a guy walking off. I, I can say that quite quite positively that I I would not have. But I I do understand that there's people out there, and you know you get really right into the moment, and can you you don't want to forgive them, but you know there's that little bit that you can still see as to why it happened. Well, I'm sure like if Kawhi Leonard, you know, busted his knee in Golden State, I'm sure the fans there would have had a, a bit of a cheering moment as well. It could have been the exact same reaction. So thankfully that didn't happen. It happened to the other guys. And I really hate the people that come on and basically provide that excuse for why the Raptors won is, you know, Kevin Durant got hurt. Uh, Clay Thompson got hurt in game six, hurt his knee and wasn't really the same player for those last five, six minutes of the game, which def definitely made a huge difference as well. Um, but no excuses. You know, no. you can't have an excuse. If you didn't win, you didn't win. And, and that's the way it comes down. History books will not look at it and say, uh, you know, there's an asterisk beside it because a guy got injured. No, that's not how it works. You get you win the title, you get credit for the title and you deserve the credit for the title. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the Warriors are kind of getting kind of getting a mulligan this year too. uh um, it, it'll be good to see with uh, Anthony Wiggins uh, joining joining the team this yeah, year, yeah. And, and Steph Curry is going to be back in full force, and they're going to contend for another championship, especially out west, even even with the powerhouses that are uh, L, the, the two LA teams. Well, I will say this though: the uh, NBA playoffs are set to go ahead right now, starting on July 30th, and the Golden State Warriors did not qualify, so we don't have to worry about that here in uh, 2020. Now, I did. Uh, we're going to have Jack Armstrong coming up on the show. Kurt, you were uh, awesome enough at working the phone to make us get that guest and I'm really excited to play that chat for here for everybody here in just a few minutes so we're going to uh, talk with longtime color commentator Jack Armstrong hello we're going to get a little bit of that going on so I'm excited about that uh, but just while I have you in here Kurt I just wanted to also look back very very quickly on one year ago today the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup and I think the one thing that Leafs fans like myself and Canucks fans like you have that we share in common it's a hate for the Boston Bruins, and I was so happy to watch them lose one year ago today. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I have too much to add to that. The the Boston Bruins are the Bo the Boston Bruins, uh, and you know you really wanted to see uh, the St. Louis Blues win it for Layla Anderson. She was just such a pro. I can't even get through this with a straight face. <laughs> I know you're tired of this, and I love to bug you about it. Um, all kidding, all kidding aside, the, the St. Louis Blues were a team that you could get could get behind. You know, they they picked up their lunch pails and and they went to work every day, and they weren't maybe the flashiest team, but they got guys like. Um, like Ryan O'Reilly and, and Petro Angelo and Colton Pareko and and, and and rookie stud stud goaltenders like like Jordan Bennington. It, they're a team that you could get behind. And when you're matched up against the Boston Bruins, it's really um, <laughs> I think the hockey world outside of Boston was all on the same page there. And to see Marshawn with his crying little face there, uh, there was nothing better. Yeah, I absolutely love it. But today, uh, like I said, it's uh, we're in Canada, so I'm celebrating a championship that came home to the North. We the North. Going to continue on looking back, back at one year ago tomorrow when the Toronto Raptors beat the Golden State Warriors in Game 6 to win the Larry O'Brien Trophy and bring it home to Canada. All right, Kurt, well, thanks for stepping in. Appreciate that. And we're going to be back with Jack Armstrong after this. So please stick around and more Jeff Andrea Show is coming up. Listening to Jeff Andreas on Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. 
Welcome back to the Jeff Andrea Show. Thanks for being with me here on Friday, June the 12th. Today I am celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Raptors NBA title, one of the most fun rides that I have had the pleasure of being a part of as a sports fan. Tomorrow is the official one-year anniversary, and to help celebrate while Kurt Appleby worked the phones, and he and I got the privilege of speaking with longtime Raptors color commentator Jack Armstrong. Now, Jack, when I say that, one year since the Raptors' victory, what comes to mind? Uh, what a different world it is a year later, huh? I mean, it's uh, just absolutely remarkable that uh, what is true in the last year, and uh, it, it feels like it was five years ago. Um, there's so much that has happened between now and then, and um, literally it's, even though fresh in my mind, it's also in the rearview mirror at this stage based upon everything our society has been through in the last 12 months. And uh, uh, it's it's a nice, positive memory, though, to reflect on and, and uh, brings a smile to your face and, and the joy and the excitement and, and, um, and, and truly what the power of sport is. And uh, you think of how uh, united uh, the country was uh, from coast to coast. And I'll never forget Matt saying uh, when we got on the air, uh, for game six uh, to do the game. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he said there were like 59 official watch parties and, you know, obviously countless hundreds of others, uh, you know, where people met uh, at a bar or in each other's house or in a backyard party or whatever. Uh, and, and just, so, you know, it's just remarkable. It was, it felt like a, a world cup final, an Olympic gold medal game. And, uh, uh, it was just a joy and an honor to be part of it. When you first started your broadcast career with the Raptors back in the year 2000, you know, did you ever imagine that this Raptors franchise could potentially pull out a championship? I mean, always seemed to be kind of a mediocre team at best, but then, you know, when they made that trade for Kawhi, it really took them over the top. But when you first started there, did you ever envision the Toronto Raptors being a championship caliber team? Well, I actually saw it in 1998. Uh, I know Wikipedia has it wrong. <laughs> that's uh, my uh, poor like research right there. No, no, that's, uh, don't rely on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, but 22 years I've been with the Raptors, and uh, I always felt that the, the market was a sleeping giant and was probably one of the most underperforming professional franchises in sports, not just the NBA, but in sports, because it had such potential but it had to get out of its own way and kind of figure out uh, what the strengths of the market were, what some of the challenges were, and address them. And I think when you brought in the leadership team of, of Masai Ujiri and his crew, and uh, you know Dwayne Casey was an amazing coach, and now you have Nick Nurse, you had incredible leadership, uh, and you've always had committed ownership from Larry Tannenbaum and the folks at Bell and Rogers, and it just kind of was a perfect storm. And to me, when I reflect on all of it now, it's just uh, you kind of don't you don't have time to reflect on it when you're living it, when you when you're within it every day. But um, now that you're away from it, it's a, a really cool and remarkable experience to go through. Uh, winning teams will always put butts in seats, but I don't think to the sort of degree of explosion that, that we saw in Toronto and in Canada. What are what are some things that make Toronto such a great basketball market? Well, uh, it's not just Toronto. It's Canada. It's the entire country. I mean, we're, uh, this job is unique. 
It's the only franchise in the NBA that uh, 82 games are carried on national TV. It's the only franchise in the NBA when you talk about the playoffs that every game is on national TV uh, from a Raptor perspective, uh, from game one of the playoffs all the way to the final game of the finals. Every other market in the U.S. is only allowed to carry the first round. Um, so when you look at it, I think uh, you're able to, uh, to have a coast-to-coast following. You look at the NHL in Canada, there's seven teams. Some people love the Canucks. Some people hate the Canucks. Some people love the Leafs. Some people hate the Leafs. Leafs. Uh, but people come together and root for the Raptors just like they would Team Canada in a gold medal game. Uh, and, and I think the Blue Jays, unfortunately, they've struggled of late, but even you even, you even saw that during their last playoff run, uh, how the whole country came together to get behind them. Even though they have Toronto next to their name, people in Calgary and Edmonton and Halifax and Ottawa and everywhere else came together to root for Canada's team. But God forbid those people in Calgary ever root for the Leafs. That's not going to happen, <laughs> which is fine with me. Yeah, uh, but I, I just think I think that's the truly unique thing about this franchise, and it's it's a a place that uh, uh, is is a you know huge market. It's the you know third largest market in pro sports. You got New York, L.A., Toronto, and then Chicago. Um, it's it's a multicultural place. It's an international, cosmopolitan, world class city. In, a, in an amazing country. So when you when you tie it all together, uh, to me, uh, it, it, that's why I always felt it was a sleeping giant. I mean, don't tell me about Detroit or Memphis or uh, you know you know places like that. Give me a break. You know uh, why can't Toronto win? Why can't they be great? And I give Masai Ujiri a lot of credit for kind of having that bold mentality of saying, hey, we're going to win here. And uh, getting Kawhi Leonard surely helped. Yeah, and, and just to stick with that whole cross-country thing, and you mentioned the Blue Jays, was there anything Masai particularly learned from from how they sort of encapsulated the, the entire country that he was able to take and, and, and progress in, in the way that he did? Uh, honestly, that I don't know, because I've never spoken to Masai about that particular point. I would imagine uh, that he saw the same things all of us saw, and I'm sure, many, and I know many people at the Raptors saw that. And uh, but we saw that. Uh, I mean, the Raptors have been this. This you know, you know, knock wood. As long as we have the games in Orlando, this will be the seventh year in a row the Raptors have made the playoffs. So since 2014, uh, I think the Raptor organization has seen the national following that it has uh, when it's gotten into the playoffs and even in big regular season games. So uh, I think they know that this thing is, and and the the funny thing is then when you have people from the NBA community from the United States that come in and finally recognize and see what's going on, I think they're they're blown away by uh, just the impact and the power of this market. 
Now, Jack, you brought up Kawhi Leonard there, of course. Big disappointment when he decided to, to leave Toronto last summer and, and go to the Clippers. I don't think anyone really holds it too much against him for making that decision to go home, but still very disappointing from the fan perspective. But, you know, we looked at this team when Kawhi left and thought, you know, it's still a really good team. We knew it was a good team. It was going to be a playoff, um, you know, top top team in the East still. But I don't know if anyone ever thought that they would be as good as they were throughout the course of this 1920 season. Were you at all surprised with how good they have been throughout the course of the regular season? And what do you think their prospects are with if and when the NBA playoffs do get underway? I'll tell you what, I've had, I've, I've, my, I've had as much fun, if not more fun, this season than I did last year. This team has been uh, just an absolute joy uh, to call games for. And uh, uh, to me, it's just been uh, just a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, so I, I, I think this team is a contending team. You know, they have the third best record in the NBA second best record in the East. They have the same record they did a year ago when they had Kawhi uh, and, and they've been decimated by injuries. So I think, you know, none of us know what it's going to look like when we come out of this because we've never experienced it. So which team is favored by it? Which team is hurt by it? Your guess is as good as mine, but uh, I like their chances. I like their makeup. Uh, they have tremendous chemistry um, they have guys that have experience. Uh, they have a terrific coach and Nick Nurse, uh, veteran leadership, good young players, uh, proven players in big moments. So uh, I think when they go to Orlando, I think they've got to feel like, hey, man, we have as good a chance as anybody else. Who benefited the most from Kawhi's departure? I, I think of guys like Pascal Siakam, though he was an up-and-coming player, he's really able to solidify his, his spot in the lineup and, and, and be the monster that he's been. And I also think of Nick Nurse because he wasn't getting enough credit last year for just as how good of a coach he actually is that you might have seen it a little bit more now that the, the star power isn't where it was exactly last year. Well, yeah. I mean, Nick Nurse is a terrific coach. And uh, I think he's someone that uh, has proven himself uh, time and time again now uh, in in the playoffs and, uh, you know, and, and once again this season. So uh, to me, I, I, I think uh, he's, he's, a, he's a rock star. He's a, he's a big-time coach. And then, you know, Pascal Siakam, you mentioned, uh, you know, he's taken on that next level of responsibility and, done a beautiful job and made the all-star game deservedly so and then when you even go beyond that and you know who benefited the most from uh Kawhi leaving and even a guy like Danny Green I would say Norm Powell who's improved significantly and OG Ananobi who uh in uh since the when he, when he came back from the all-star break I saw a guy that really was starting to take those next steps so um to me you know, those guys learned a lot playing with, with Norm, Powell, uh, Norm Powell and OG learned a lot playing with a Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. And now, uh, you know, those guys have done a really nice job uh, filling in. Uh, Jack, as we look ahead towards the end of July here, of course, the NBA has put out the uh, caveat that if NBA players don't, aren't feeling comfortable about returning to action, they don't have to come back and they will not be penalized for it. Of course, we're talking about professional athletes who are driven to win. So I imagine most, if not all, will be motivated to show up and compete. But I'm just wondering, because there has been some concern out there from players about the health and safety aspect of things. Do you foresee any pushback from players or any players out there who may not want 
to be coming back and, and playing in Orlando when things do get back underway? Well, you know, the, the kind of, I haven't seen a quote from anyone from the league saying that, and I haven't seen any player specifically being quoted on it. Uh, all I heard weeks ago was that, you know, all the top players in the league wanted to play, and uh, now suddenly you have a, a, these things being leaked. Now, whether it's fact or fiction, only time will tell. It could also be a negotiating ploy, you know, where uh, you say, hey, I, I, you're making me go to Orlando. I might be there for three months. Uh, we have to really look long and hard at uh, what this arrangement's going to be. Uh, I got to have a little bit more flexibility and freedom um, in this quote-unquote bubble. So uh, I, I'm sure some players feel uncomfortable with it. If they do, uh, that's a decision that they uh, have to make and can make. Um, many will uh, have to wrestle with where they are contractually and what the impact can be on their career long term. Uh, others uh, have bigger considerations, you know, with regard to their own health and the health of their family, uh, being able to be with their family. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts. It's not, a, it's not an easy, clear-cut thing. Jack, if you had to pick one of these three to repeat this year, who would you pick? You got Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, or the Toronto Raptors. If you had to pick one, who would you pick? Uh, I, I got out of the prediction business a long time ago. Well, not too long ago, because uh, people wanted to shoot me. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's a loaded question. I, 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 I think that they're the top three of the top four teams in the league that you mentioned. The only one you didn't mention was the Bucks. Uh, and I think going into this, uh, you're, you're talking about three of the top four contenders. Uh, and, and again, none of us know how any of these teams are going to react to this whole thing and how, which teams will come together and which teams will. We're probably going to have a big upset uh, at some point during the playoffs because home court doesn't exist anymore. You know, we're playing in a neutral environment. So uh, the edge you get for playing at home doesn't exist anymore. Um, you know, uh, we could have a, a significant injury because guys are coming back uh, from something that none of us have ever dealt with before. So that could compromise a player, and obviously that could compromise a team. But I think if all things are equal, um, and quite frankly they're unequal right now because our better teams are not being given an edge, that they earned because of home court. Um, I, I, I still think those three teams are right at the top of the list, but the edge that they had isn't as great as I think it would have been uh, with having home court. Do you know the media situation at all, Jack? If, if you'll be there in Orlando with the teams calling, calling uh, games? I'll, for be the country? I'll be shocked if I'm there, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, you look at the fact that, Turner, uh, uh, which is you know part of the NBA TV deal, uh, along with ESPN, uh, those two companies in a nine-year, twenty-four billion-dollar U.S. TV deal. Uh, I heard Kevin Carlin talking about it the other day that uh, he would be calling games uh, first few rounds of the playoffs from Atlanta, the studio there. So I mean, those are like major, major rights holders. So I haven't I haven't heard one way or the other, but 
based upon, um, you know, how tight a bubble it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be pretty much just uh, players and uh, coaches and medical staff and, and a few of the executives, and uh, that'll be it. Uh, so I, I'll be surprised. I, again, I don't, I don't have any firm answer one way or the other from anybody. Uh, we'll, only time will tell. But based upon the numbers that are out there from the NBA in terms of the small size of the travel parties, I'd be surprised. Uh, I don't necessarily need a response to this, Jack, but I know um, as, a, as a diehard Raptors fan that, that yourself and Matt and Leo, and the, you're, you're part of the broadcast experience, and, and something like that gets taken away when, when you're not there. But I, I will move well, on. I, I, don't, I don't think that'll happen. Uh, I, I, I think it'll either be us uh, in Orlando or us doing it from studio, kind of like some of the secondary sports that you might watch in the Olympics. Uh, that they're not necessarily on site and they're calling it from studio. So uh, I, I think we'll be part of the of the games and those games will be carried on national television and radio across Canada. Uh, I just don't don't know yet if we'll be calling the games from Orlando or calling the games from wherever. But uh, uh, that hasn't been determined yet. Uh, but based upon you know, kind of looking at what's going on with the Turner network and what they, they plan on doing. If they're doing that, I'm sure it'll be similar for a lot of places. Uh, one more quickly here, Jack, before we let you go. As much as the Raptors have done for basketball in this country over the past year, uh, Vince Carter did a lot for the game when he first came to Toronto, and it looks like he's played his last game in the NBA. How, how can you quantify uh, his contributions to the game and the game in this country? Well, you know, when I when I, I would advance play for seven teams in the NBA, uh, when you close your eyes and, you know, do word association and think of Vince Carter, what team pops up in your head? Uh, even if you're not from Canada, I would say uh, I would say ninety five percent of basketball fans don't think of Vince Carter, the Grizzly, the King, the Hawk, uh, the Sun, the, the Magic or the Nets. I don't think any, uh, I, I, very few people think of Vince Carter in any of those teams. I might even miss one, but uh, I think overwhelmingly people close their eyes and go, Vince Carter, Word Association, Toronto Raptors. Uh, so to me, the impact he made was dramatic, significant, uh, off the charts, big time. I don't, have en- I don't have enough adjectives to describe uh, the kind of impact that he had, but uh, needless to say, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's sad that it finally had to end. It, oh, it ends oh, for every athlete, uh, but he's had a marvelous career. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I hope he goes into the Hall of Fame and uh, he's recognized uh, in the Hall of Fame as a, a great Raptor and the impact he made on the, MB, uh, on the sport growing uh, and, and continuing to grow across the country. Jack, you've been so generous with your time here today. We, we can't thank you enough, and we really look forward to hearing you and seeing you on the, uh, the tele- television in the next couple months here. Thanks so much, sir. Guys, thanks so much. Knock wood. I hope, uh, hope that's the case. And uh, stay well, stay safe, and look forward to chatting soon. That was Jack Armstrong right there, longtime color commentator for the Toronto Raptors, covering the team since 1998.
Not 2000. Don't trust Wikipedia, like you said. <laughs> All right, it's my, my bad there on that one. But yeah, 22 years covering one team. That's an impressive run, and he finally got to see the, uh, the, the, the hard work pay off last year with that title run and the Larry O'Brien Trophy coming home to Canada. All right, well, i got to take one last break here, but uh, when I come back, well, Jeff Andrea's show will be returning, so stick around, and uh, I'll be right back. Radio NL, the interior's trusted source for local news for 50 years. From crisis... I'm certainly feeling abandoned by governments at all levels at this point. ...to a way forward. We're rolling out, expanding some existing programs, rolling out some new programs. From global issues to the local perspective. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to send a message that people in Canada care about what they're doing. Factual, trusted sources. Jeff Andreas. Mick Kaiser, Colton Davies. Bill Cowan. On 610 AM and RadioNL.com. Local News Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks so much for tuning in here with me today on Friday, June the 12th. Of course, I have been taking a look back here on the Raptors NBA title, which they won one year ago tomorrow. So I just wanted to take a bit of a break here today. It is Friday. It's the end of the week. We'll get back to the news more so on Monday. But uh, if you heard my show on Wednesday, well, I had a That's Wag Wednesday, which, of course, I like to do once in a while. And I was saying, well, sometimes I just need to take a bit of a break from all the negative stuff in the world. And that's what I wanted to do here today. So this was my reprieve, and don't worry, I'll be back with some more news here on Monday. Set to speak with Kyla Lee from Acumen Law. Going to be chatting with BC senior advocate Isabel McKenzie. So some good stuff will be coming up here on Monday. But before we close things out, I just got to give a shout-out here to Jack Armstrong. Thanks so much for taking the time. And Kurt Appleby, thanks so much for working the phones and getting him to take the chance to reflect and look back and, and also look ahead to what could be a pretty exciting uh, 2020 run here for the Toronto Raptors as well. Here's uh, If you don't know who Jack Armstrong is, maybe this will help. Yeah, that's his most famous saying right there. So if you know basketball in Canada, you know the voice of Jack Armstrong. All right, well, that's about it for me here today. So thank you to everyone for listening, and a big thank you to all my guests. Of course, that's Jack Armstrong here today and Kurt Appleby for taking the time to step in as well. It's been a slice. It's been a good week. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll be back here on Monday. And remember, whether you join me for a short while or a long while, just know I enjoyed our time while it lasted.